You're listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. And each and every one of those who were baptized here today. As many of you know, my testimony, my story, I got saved in this church back at the old YFC building. This was the church where people poured into my life when a guy who felt that he didn't need God in his life. And I had a pretty good life. I had a really good life. I went to college, played hockey, had a lot of success. Played minor pro hockey, had a lot of success. So when you have success outside of God in your life, sometimes you think, all I need is me. And you get to a point in your life where you realize you isn't everything. And so I see a little bit of that and everybody who's getting baptized. It's a point where they're saying, there's more than just me. There's there's somebody else. There's you. And the great scripture that I can think of today is what I'm going to talk a little bit about today is in Exodus, and uh, the scriptures are up on on the screens for you, uh, is in Exodus 3, and it's 14. And I'll just read 13, 14, it says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to him? And this is God speaking to Moses. It's so amazing. He says, I am who I am. All capitals. So when you're wondering about who you are and where you fit in in this whole world, you can always go back to say, He is I am. All the time. Every time. In the, one of the translations of the Bible, God refers to himself, or Jesus refers to himself when he's on earth, who was God when he was on earth, as I am. 45 times. So it's something that we should understand. When we wonder who we are, we never wonder who he is. He is I am. It says in John eight fifty eight, before Abraham, I am. That is solid rock foundation. He is because he says, I am. Isn't that amazing? And that's his name forever. It's the name that we get Yahweh from. Think about that. We call him Yahweh. Depending on what version, if you're reading Hebrew or something, you can't even read it sometimes. But Yahweh means is a personal name. It reflects the promises of God's constant presence with the people. Like we heard Francis say something. He thought he was alone. Then he realized, I'm not alone. I'm just lonesome. And he realized that God is, I am. And his presence was with him all the time. Coming out of a physical prison or being in a physical prison. Sometimes we think we're in a prison. In a home or in a relationship or in a job. No. Here's a gentleman who was in a real prison who was saying, I am is with me. I got all I need. Think about that for a minute. So when you're having a day where you don't feel so good or things are going bad or you want to have a little pity party, because none of us ever have a pity party. That would never happen at Praise Community Church. Right? You just say, you know what? I'm nothing. But he is the great I am. Isn't that great? I am shows us who God is. I am shows us who God is. Not what he's going to become. Not what he's going to do in the future when Jesus returns. That's going to be a glorious day. But he's saying, I am right now. He's the great 
I am on your life. I love it, and they just put it in capitals. Anytime you write that down, just put it in big, bold capitals. If you're on your computer, bold it, underline it, italicize it. Do whatever you can so it stands out to you, because that's who God is, the great I am. So I got a couple things for you today. So whatever your challenge is today, because we all have challenges, do we not? Whether it is physical, emotional, financial, marital, the great I am declares to you, and get this, he says, I am to you what you need me to be. The great I am. That's not fitting God in your own little personal box so you can do whatever you want to do and say, God's I am. No, it's, you need to follow what the, what the scripture says. He's there to comfort you, to strengthen you. God's a healer. I believe in that. Maybe you haven't seen that manifest in your life. Maybe you're concerned or don't understand everything about, that, about God healing. Maybe you don't believe that God heals anymore. I'm here to tell you he does. We just had a, someone here last week who was in great pain. Could barely move. Pastor Janie, Pastor Jim laid hands, prayed for him. He left here feeling great. I believe God heals today. He does. He'll heal you physically. He'll heal you mentally. You know how it says in the, in the scripture, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. He says, I am overcome the world. So every time you see God in there, just think of I am, the great I am. By being baptized today, and maybe you've been baptized yourself, You're, you were telling people, these guys were telling us today, then all the witnesses, that they believe and they want a relationship, a further relationship, they're going to give their lives to the great I am. You're born again, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I believe that God raised him from the dead, and to that is salvation. And when you go into the tub, the baptistry, and you come back out, you're saying, people, what I, just, what I spoke out of my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I'm confessing that to you. I'm going to live for God right now because he is the great I am. And you don't have to open your mouth and testify all the time, do you? And we could have people up here for hours giving their testimony. Could we not, Simon? I mean, between me and Simon, you probably had a two-hour testimony. But Simon comes up and says, I want to rededicate my life to God because I'm in a good spot right now, and I'm going to let all you guys know where I'm at, down and up. And we clap, because you know what? We're going to hold, not only going to hold him accountable, we're going to help him more that. And when Simon's having a good day or a bad day, we're still going to be there for him. Because he says, you know what? He's the great I am. And he's my savior. So down with the old, down with the old covenant of trying to do good, down with trying to keep the law, and up with the new person, up with the new creation. Up with the new covenant. That's the symbol. You're agreeing to that. Sometimes when you think you get baptized, you don't realize all that you just confessed with your baptism. It's like awesome. It's just not that I've just checked off another thing on my spiritual bucket list. And we talked about this at youth group on, on Wednesday night. Your baptism shouldn't be on your bucket list. It should be something you want to do. And you, and you ask God, is it time for me to do it? I'm, she's going to speak to you sooner or later about that. So if you've never been baptized, it's not something that you just need to check off down the life to help you get into heaven. Because being baptized isn't going to get you into heaven or not. It's just letting us know that you know where you're going and you want everybody to understand that. So if you're born again, Satan doesn't have dominion over you. And you don't have to conform to him. It says that in Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what you're saying is when you're baptized, is like, I'm not going to conform to this world. 
I'm coming up, I'm going to conform to Jesus. Only two things you can do in life, seriously, as a Christian. Conform to the world, conform to Jesus. If I'm conforming to Jesus, I can't conform to the world. But if I'm conforming to the world, and we've all done that, it's pretty hard to conform to Jesus. It's black and white. Some people want to have a whole bunch of gray in the area, in the middle. There's no gray. You're either conforming to him, or you're conforming to the world. The Bible speaks of that twofold conformity all the time. So let me ask you, do you need healing today? He says, I am the Lord who heals in Exodus 15, 26. He, he says, if you, you got to read how it's read in the Old Testament. He says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the disease on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That was the Old Testament promise, right? What was it saying? If I just do everything perfectly, it's going to work out for me. But if I step up somewhere, I'm doomed. See, this promise back then was conditional upon their obedience. In the New Testament, our blessing is dependent upon our faith in Christ. We don't get what we deserve anymore. Get this. We get what Jesus deserves. All the great things that Jesus deserves in his life for being that sinless, spotless person that never sinned, that's what we deserve now because we've confessed Jesus as Lord. Because of our faith in Christ, God will not put any of the diseases he says, on the Egyptians. Thank you, Jesus. God doesn't do that to us. So when you're in the baptism, you're, you're down with the old, you're up with the new. Down with the old curses, up with the new promises and the new covenant. Your baptism is your outward confession, we talked about, of our belief in the power of the cross, where Jesus took your sin, sickness, and disease, past, present, and future. That's what you're saying. I believe that. The great I am, I'm going to walk that out now. How about for some of you who t- here today who are wandering around, groping around in the dark, not knowing what to do in life? He says, I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. And of course, the light spoken of here all the time in, in the book of John is Jesus, right? That's what he says. I'm the light of the world. And you come into a dark room and you light up a little candle, it lights up. You light up a big floodlight, the darkness goes away, Right? There's still darkness there. But for some miracle of God, the the light expels the darkness. As soon as you turn that light off, instant dark. Turn the light on, instant light. That's what God does in our lives. John says in the book of John, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear the witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, John, who was John the Baptist, but was sent to bear witness to the light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. That's what Jesus did. John foretold about it. He baptized people. He turned his ministry over to Jesus, and he says, all right, my job's done here. I foretold about the light. The light has come. Maybe you're here today, and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. I'm sure you've been told about the light, just like John came and foretold about the light. And he says, I do a good job here. John's saying, I'm doing what God's called me to do, but the guy that's coming after me, he's coming to do the real job. So there's a time when I'm going to go away, and there's a time when Jesus is going to take over. And that's what I'm here to tell you today. If you know about the light, it's time that you realize he is the light and accept the light. Because that's what we're called to do in our lives. Are you looking for a way out of a bad situation? Maybe you're in a bad situation right now. You know, I believe that when we're in this world, we have trials, we have tribulations doesn't mean we have to stay there our whole life. 
God wants to help us in every situation in our life, when we're on the mountain and when we're in the pit. He says, I am the deliverer. As you notice, a lot of the things I've been saying is with the words, I am. This is what God is speaking to us all the time. He says, I will reach down from high, take hold of your hand, and draw you out of deep waters. Psalm 18.3 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my good strength, in whom I will trust. He's my shield, my horn of my salvation, and my stronghold. How many times have we heard that scripture? Many times. Just think about all the nuggets in there. He says, you're my rock. This is what you confess, the great I am. You're confessing that he is your safety. You're my fortress, Father God. You're my place of refuge. You're my deliverer. You're my rescuer. You're my shield. God is between us and harm. You're my horn of salvation. What's that mean? A horn is like if you think about rams or or deer, when they fight, they use their horns. Powerful thing. But he says this is a horn of salvation. It's saying that God, through your relationship with Christ, has the power to save. And he says, I'm your stronghold. And holding on to him is what guarantees our security and lifts us above the danger in our life. In this world, you have trials. You will have tribulation. I, I understand that. I get that. I go through them myself. But the great I am is above all that. And he wants to comfort you in your trials, but he wants to pull you out of your trials as well. I love that about Father God. If you break down a scripture, you can see all the great attributes of God in your life. In our baptism, when they baptize, if you've been baptized, but those here today, they were showing and believing on the outside what they already received on the inside. Think about that. That's already in you, all these great things of God. What's in you? A sure foundation if you believe on Christ. What's in you? Strength. What's in you? Protection. We are telling the world we believe it all. We receive it all. That's what the witness of baptism does. You come out of that water saying, I believe it all. You are the great I am, and I believe it all. You ever ask yourself this question? Are you wondering if there is more to life than just merely existing from day to day? If I could just get through this day. Whew. I don't have little kids, but I'm sure that's a mother's cry sometimes. If I could just make it through this day. Yeah, I'm with you there. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. Hmm, what a great example of resurrection, right? Like Pastor Jeff said, into the watery grave, resurrected into new life. That's your symbol of baptism, right? With your mouth, you've confessed Jesus as Lord. In your heart, you believe he's raised from the dead. And with our baptism, you're putting that on display. What an awesome witness. Think about that. If you've been baptized before, think back to the time you were baptized. That's what you said when you were baptized. It wasn't to get you a better place at church or a better place in the kingdom. It was a thing to say that, you know what? I believe everything that God has for me, and when I come out of that water, I'm going to live it out. I'm going to conform to his way of doing it. That's why baptism is an awesome thing. I'm so thankful that we got this. It was so easy to set up and assemble, wasn't it, Christy? It was fun. Tony was there with me. When we were sitting here, Tony and I were setting up this baptism on the other day, we had some Christian music playing. We are just chit-chatting. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is going to transform people. And as I looked out through the church today, and these people were getting baptized, there was people here that had tears in their eyes. And they're just seeing the people that they've known, maybe where they've come from, to where they are now. Maybe they realize what, what they've come through and where they're going. Just this brown, hot tubby looking thing, to me, just totally could transform not only your life, but the church, what an amazing testimony. What a great thing. 
So if you're thinking about life as just a day-to-day operation and you're just squeaking by, he says, I am the resurrection. He says, I am the life. Who is? Jesus. And he's right here for the born-again believer. He's on the inside. And he's waiting to burst out and live your, help you live your life. It's your public... Baptism is your public expression of your death and resurrection. What an awesome witness. He also says in John 10.10 that you will have life and have it more abundantly. He says, I am come. That's what it says in that scripture in John 10.10. I am come. I always wondered, why? That's not proper English. It doesn't make sense. This guy doesn't even have proper English that's writing this thing in the Bible. But when I look back, I'm like, oh, I am come. He's saying the great almighty, the great I am. We talked about back in Exodus 3.14 where he says, I am. That's what he's saying right here in John 10. I am. Come. That they may have life and have it more abundantly. Whoa. That same guy that talked to Moses back there, he's talking to me right now. Right in that scripture. So baptism is reminding you and letting others know you believe it is the enemy who kills and destroys. That's what you're saying when you come out of that water. It's the enemy. He's trying to take me out. I'm not going to live for him anymore. I'm going to live for Jesus. It's your testimony that God is good and Satan is bad. You can break all theology down to that, right? It's right, John 10, 10 on a sheet of paper. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you life in abundance. Draw a line down the middle. Remember the old pros and cons your teacher used to tell you to do? Let's figure this out together. What, what's God giving me? What's Satan trying to do to me? Write them down in your life. Guarantee you can figure them out right there. Colossians 2.12 says, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Wow. Buried with him in baptism. Jesus had to go into a tomb. He had to die. You had to go into a tomb. You had to symbolize your death to come up and be alive. And you come up not only for a regular life, an average life, a day-to-day life, you come up and you get to enjoy that Zoe life, that God kind of life that only he can give to you. What an amazing thing. For years, I'm 47. I've been a Christian since I'm about 36, I bet. I said the salvation prayer so many times, I don't have a date. I didn't know until finally one day I'm like, all right, enough of this. I just got to live this out. But you know what? If maybe if you feel like it hasn't stuck with you, your salvation, don't be afraid to ask Father God. Say, you know what, Father God, today's the day I give you my life. Today is the day. And the way believers lose their lives is to deny any thoughts or actions from the enemy. How do you do that? You conformed and reform your mind to what the Word of God says. Romans 12, 2. How about if this is you here today? Are you fearful of what is ahead of you? It says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. Wow, really? What's a good shepherd do? Tends his flock. Keeps them from the wolves and the lions. You see that? You know, that's your livelihood. The more, the more you keep alive and keep well, the better your flock's going to be. He says to us, I am the good shepherd. Psalm 23, 1 through 4. Many times you heard this? Maybe most times at a funeral. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Which says, you shall not lack. It's one thing to acknowledge the Lord as a shepherd, or the shepherd, but you know what David did? He said, this is my shepherd. 
my personal shepherd. That's who God is. Verse 2 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Think about it. To a sheep back then, lying down in the green pasture with nothing to worry about was pretty good. You were safe. And he led him beside still waters because if, you look, if he puts these little lambs or sheep beside the rushing river, what's going to happen to them? You know, go for a drink of water and away they go. So he protects them. He restores my soul, Father God. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And then he says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. They comfort him. Let's go this way, my little sheep. Let's go that way, my little sheep. It's not like, smarten up. That's not our God. He's not whacking you over the head with a staff, saying, you bozo, get back in line. It's just, you know. I love what David's talking about. He says, he, even, though, even though he walks through the shadow of the valley of death, he's going to fear no evil. I look at that twofold. So people who are moving on into death and you die as a Christian, it's not so bad on the other side. That's pretty good, right? That's what we claim. So you get there, and it's glorious. But I also think that the shadow of death and walking through that valley is our life here in the world, is it not? Every day as you go out to work, you're walking with people who are living a life of death. They're not conforming to the world, so every day you are walking to the valley of the shadow of death. You've got to work it out. You've got to walk it out. We all just can't sit at church all day and say, 24-7. We'd get pretty sick of each other if we just stayed here every day, wouldn't we? We all have a ministry. We've got teachers. We've got doctors. We've got, we got everybody in this church to go out and do your ministry. Correct? That's what we do. And David says, I walk through that. Baptism is our reminder that we put to death the old man, and now we live as the new man. 2 Corinthians 5.17, one of my my all-time favorites. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You have taken on a new existence in which God's Spirit rules in your life. That's what you're telling people. Down with the old, up with the new. I'm going to live out 2 Corinthians 5.17 because I can believe it, and I'm going to honor the great I am, and I'm going to live for him. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. You're confessing that by being baptized. It's no longer I who live. I'm going to live for you, Father God. I know it in my heart. I've confessed with my mouth. But now what? I'm going to, I'm going to be a witness to these other people that this is what I'm going to do. Galatians 3.26 says, For all are sons of God through faith in Christ. For as many as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And you were Christ then, and you are Abraham's seed there according to his promise. For you that were worried about what you look like after you got baptized, or your hair, your clothes, just says right here, you put on Christ. When you got out of that water, you never looked better to us. Your hair might have been messed up. You might not have any makeup on, but you know what? You never looked better to us. We're like, man, you look great. You're shining. You come out of that water, a new person. My last one is, are you confused by the opinions and reports of man? What does it say in Revelation 1.11? He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and I'm the last. He's saying to us that the great I am, he says, I'm bookending you front and back, side to side with my greatness. Me? Yes, you, Mark. You? Absolutely. And when you're baptized, you're telling everybody, I believe that he is the first. I believe that he is the last. I believe he's going to bookend me with his goodness and his greatness, and I'm going to live that out. 
Thank you, Father God. And we all cheer and we all clap. And I say amen to that. So baptism is a great thing. It's an opportunity for you to say, you know what, I'm going to conform to Jesus. I'm not going to conform to the world. And I'm going to show that to my friends, my family, my church members, my church family, as they come out of that water. I'm going to live for him. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Is your salvation. You are saved. And what baptism does, it says, I believe that. I'm going to live that out as I come out of the water. And everybody here says, that guy's a Christian, and he's going to live it out, and we're going to help him live it out. And that's what we're going to do here with not only the people that got baptized today, but the rest of the people here at Praise Community Church. That's your confession as a Christian. It's our job to make sure that we're conforming to what Jesus says about our lives, what the Word of God says about our situation, and not conforming to what the world's going to tell us. I love that. I remember one time when I heard a scripture about the truth, or a sermon about there's the truth and there's the facts. And I like to write that on a piece of paper sometimes when I'm struggling. And I always write the truth with a capital T. And I write facts with a small f. Because you know what? The truth, almost every time to me, will trump the facts. If you've been given a bad report, a negative situation, what does the truth say about that? What do the facts say about that? I say you stand on the great I am. You stand on the great I am. You find every scripture in there that talks about healing or whatever your situation is, and you stand on that. And you say, you know what? I believe you. You are the great I am. You're alive in my life, and you want to do good work in my life. And I believe that. And we saw people today with baptism say, you know what? I believe that. I believe that with my whole heart, and I'm going to prove it to you by, by being baptized. I got more, but I don't have enough time. I just want you to know that how much God loves each and every one of us. And he doesn't love us any more or any less if we've been baptized or not. He doesn't. But when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, you get on that side of the fence and the scriptures open up to you because the Holy Spirit's going to reveal things to you. It's a great thing. Greatest decision I ever made was a decision to come to Christ. And some of the better decisions I ever made in my life was to put down the things of the world and pick up the things of Jesus. Actually, it was the other way around. Pick up the things of Christ and the things of the Word, and then I was able to put down the things of the world. If you're trying to get rid of all the junk in your life, and then you're going to pick up the things of Christ, it's going to be bad. It's going to take a while. It may happen, but I'd rather you pick up the things of Christ, pick up the things of the Word of God, and allow those things of the world to fall by the wayside. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the mighty work that you've done in our church today. Father, I thank you for the testimony, not only for those people who were baptized today, Father God, but I thank you for the testimony that you spoke to people in this church about how you're going to support them. I know that there's people in this church, Father God, you spoke to them and said, I'm so thankful that they're being baptized today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to help them in their walk with Christ. Father, thank you for each and every one that you spoke to today during the baptism and said, you know what, Father God, I love you, I trust you. And Father God, I thank you right now in a mighty way, whether it's during church, whether it's finishing today, whether it's during the week, whether it's at work with the worst person you've ever can imagine working with, that you will reveal to him that you are the great I am. You will reveal yourself to them in a mighty and powerful way. And Father God, we believe that and we receive that 
and in agreement. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.